Verse 37 there, we read that Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Time rolls by, doesn't it? It's, uh, it's hard to believe that this is my last, my last engagement with you all. As part of my placement here, it's, a, it's an ending of sorts. It's the end of my run here. And fittingly, that's what I want to look at tonight. I want to look at coming to the end of the run and the trials, the challenges, and the temptations that we can find there. Over the last few weeks, I've, I've spoken about the times that a runner might feel tempted to give up, tempted to turn back. And we've used each of these occasions to consider uh, events in Jesus's life where the devil tried to stop him, tried to persuade him to turn away from the path. We started by looking at the temptation in the wilderness in, in Matthew chapter four, where the tempter tried to stop him before he'd even started. We thought about the obstacles that can hit us midway through a run, and we looked at the devil striking through Peter, Jesus's friend in Matthew 16. But I tell you the third time that I'm most tempted to quit when I'm running is as I approach the final section of a run. The end is in sight, and I've already put in the work for the most of the run. I'm so close to being there. Sometimes that last few minutes, that final 500 meters, sometimes that is the hardest part of the whole run. You feel like you have got nothing left in the tank. Your legs are gone. You have nothing to give. You feel like it has taken all your strength and all your energy just to get you this far. And the thought that there is more to go is just crushing. That line seems so close and yet so, so far away. You can see the end. You're just not sure if you can make it. In the section that we read tonight, it takes place on the night of Jesus' arrest. He was near the end of his earthly run. The end was in sight. But he knew what was in store for him before he reached it. He knew what he still had to pass through to get there. And this time, there's no specific mention of Satan, the adversary, the enemy. But Jesus' resolve is tested again. One final time, the devil tries to derail God's plan to rescue his people. Tonight, I want to consider this account. I want to consider what it tells us about how Jesus dealt with this temptation, this obstacle so near the end of his run. I want to look at how we can apply some of those lessons to our own lives, our own run of faith, particularly if we are coming up towards the end or an end, either the end of our lives or perhaps just the end of our current run as God prepares us for something new. And we get ready for what he has planned for us next. But first, we need to finish the section we're on. And tonight, I want to look at it under four headings. 
I want to think about finding strength. I want to consider willpower. I want to think about an encouraging voice. And finally, I want to say eyes on the prize. So finding strength, willpower, an encouraging voice, and eyes on the prize. Back at home, my house sits up on a bit of a hill. It means I can see over the tops of some of the other houses, get a bit of a view there. It's not the steepest hill on my run, but it is the last challenge I face before I get home. And, you know, there are higher hills and steeper hills on the run, but in many ways, this one is the hardest. That last slope over that last half kilometre or so, you know, so close. Sometimes I think it's going to finish me off. I really do. But the thing is, if I want to finish the run, I have to climb it. I could stop where I am and say, no, no, I've done enough. I've had enough. That's sufficient exercise for me today. But if I do that, I'm never going to get home, am I? While the last part of the run is often the toughest, where we can face the biggest temptation to pack it in, to quit. If we want to finish, we need to do it. We need to keep on. We need to find the strength. Throughout the Bible, particularly in the, in the letters to the New Testament churches, we find the image of the race used over and over again for the Christian life. As it encourages us to, to press on, to persevere, to complete the race. Hebrews 12, verse 1, is just one example of this. If we are going to run, we need to complete the course. No matter how tough that last leg is. Now, for a runner who finds this section of the run tough, the advice is generally dig deep. Find the strength inside yourself. Now, how does that work for the Christian race? I've often heard people say that God will never send us circumstances that we can't handle. But that's not strictly true, is it? There isn't really a biblical warrant for that statement in some ways. Because God will frequently send us things which we, if we relied on our own strength, they would crush us utterly. What he won't do ever is send us circumstances that he can't handle. We sang Psalm 18. And Psalm 18 doesn't just say that I can write an army or I can leap a high wall. It says, by you, I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can overleap a wall. To finish this run, the strength we need comes from God, not from ourselves. So we need to go to him. And that is exactly what we see Jesus doing in this passage. He goes to the Father in earnest prayer. He pours out his heart to him. He is upfront and completely honest. Verse 39, if there is any other way. Verse 42, if this is the only way, 
That's what we need to do with our concerns, with our struggles, with our trials, with our pain. When we are at the end of ourselves and we feel like we can't go on, we need to take it to God and cry out to him. In fact, you know what? Don't wait for that. Don't wait until you're done. Go to God. He knows what we need. And he will never withhold it from us. And that is not to say he will always make our path easy. He will always make our route smooth. Because where the path is hard, it's hard. But he will give us the strength to get through if we are relying on him. And runners are often told that we need willpower. It's our second heading. We need to have the determination and the grit and the drive to get us to the end. We need to focus our will on the objective. And willpower of a sort, it is important to Christians running God's race. But it's different. Just as finding strength isn't about our own strength, so the will which powers us can't be our own. Look at what Jesus says in verse 39, not as I will, but as you. And then again, we have it in verse 42. Your will be done. Every Sunday we've been praying the Lord's Prayer. And we say that there, don't we? Thy will be done. But do we really mean it? Are we prepared for what that entails? Now, I, I know some people who make really uncomfortable passengers because they just don't like being in a car that they are not in control of. Well, to mix my metaphors just a little bit, that is the way it is in the Christian life. It's the way it has to be. We're not the driver and we're not the navigator. God decides where we run and what the conditions are going to be. You can't win a race if you decide to follow your own route instead of the one the organizers have laid out. We come to God in prayer to seek his will, not our own. If we spend our time trying to bend God around our will, our desires, our hopes, then not only are we going to be disappointed, but we are going to waste an incredible amount of energy on that. Instead, we need to be asking God to reshape our will around his we need to give ourselves over to his will to recognize that he is in control and to trust him utterly. Not my will, Lord, but yours. And there's something else which can, which can help on a run when your strength is flagging, when your resolve is running low, when your tank is empty, and that's 
an encouraging voice. Our third point. Now, for some people, that might be a running companion who runs with them, or it might be a trainer who comes alongside them. So that when you hit the hard spots, they can give you that little bit of extra incentive. They can tell you, you've got this, you can do it. You're doing really well. Perhaps it's a bit of tough love. Come on, get moving, shift yourself. Encouraging you to give it all you've got and keep on going till the end. Now, I run on my own because I'm worried that everyone else might be faster than me. I run on my own, but I run with an app. So I have a voice in my head. It's not as bad as it sounds. It is just in my headphones. Uh, in my case, it's the radio presenter, Joe Wiley. Other voices are available. And this voice gives me a heads up at key timing points. It tells me that's you done five minutes. You're making a good start. That's you halfway. It gives me an incentive. It encourages me. It tells me you're doing great. And towards the end of the time run, it kicks in and says, only five minutes left. You're so close to the end. Just keep going. And then with 60 seconds to go, you get that just one more minute. Come on, see what you've got left in the tank. See what you can do. Now, that can make a huge difference when you are flagging. But you realize that this is all you've got still to go. You've done it this far. You can do this. Keep going. That encouragement. Now, in Luke's account, of Jesus's visit to Gethsemane. He includes a little bit of information that Matthew didn't. Because in verse 43 of that account, we're told that when he prayed, God sent an angel from heaven to comfort and to support him. Now in John chapter 14, Jesus speaks to his disciples about what will happen after he's gone. And in verses 15 and 26, he talks about a helper who he will send from heaven to those who follow him, a comforter. And sometimes the word is translated as comforter or advocate. In the Greek, it's parakleton, which really literally means one who is called to be alongside us. And unlike the voice in my head, this is not a recording. Unlike that voice, it's not just mouthing helpful phrases. Because Jesus specifies that this comforter that he will send to come alongside us is none other than the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. And just like the angel in Luke's account, the Holy Spirit is sent from heaven to be our comforter to be our strength, to sustain us, to encourage us as we run the race, as we come to the end of our strength. For the believer, he is a constant companion, and he will never let us down. He will never give us bad advice. He will never give up on us, no matter how slowly we are stumbling along the path that's been set out for us. People will spend a fortune on a good personal trainer to encourage them in their exercise efforts. But the Holy Spirit is beyond price and he knows us better than we know ourselves. Is that not the ultimate tailored package? When we are flagging, we need to ask God to help us to be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit called alongside us 
And we need to be attentive to his encouragement, which keeps us going until the end. And my final advice for runners, finding it hard to get to the finish line, is keep your eyes on the prize. Athletes will often talk about visualizing their success, thinking of and focusing on what victory will look like, that personal best, that medal, that podium, whatever it is, visualize it, focus on it, think about what you're doing this for. And when I'm approaching the end of a run and I need that boost, I need that little bit more energy, I visualize that, I visualize the end, and I focus on that, trying to exclude distractions. Now, in my case, the reward isn't a medal or a podium, it's getting to stop running. And frankly, that is enough most days. Still something to focus on. And as he prayed in that garden, Jesus was contemplating the point of his race the culmination of his work on earth. He was focused on whatever it took to get the job done, to complete the plan that he and the Father had had since the beginning of time itself. Before creation began, he knew what the end of this race was and he knew what the result would be. And even as he contemplated the horror of what he was about to go through. He was focusing on what was necessary and what he would achieve. Victory over death and sin and the salvation of his people. And as we undertake our Christian life, particularly if we come to the end of a section or even the end of our run altogether, we need to focus on what it is all about. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. I've mentioned Hebrews 12 already. After encouraging us to throw off any encumbrances so that we can run with endurance, in verse 2 it reminds us that we need to be looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, who is both the prize and the one who has gone before us to show us the path and guide us home. He is what we're running towards. And we need to keep our eyes and our focus completely on him. With all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our body, with all our soul, we have to be focused on him. Because that is the only way we are ever going to finish this race. Are your eyes set on Jesus? Or are you looking back? Are you considering all the things 
you might be asked to leave behind. Because if you are, forget about it. What lies ahead is much, much more precious, infinitely more valuable. Keep your eyes on the prize and focus on Jesus as you press on to the end. Now, I don't know where each of you are in your race. I don't know if you're just starting off or if you're drawing towards the end. I don't know if that end you might be facing just now is the end of one section as God prepares you for something else for the next route. Or if it really is the end of your running as Jesus stands ready to welcome you home. But this advice stands wherever in your race you are. Now, sometimes, sometimes even when we think we can't go on, he will give us a sort of second wind and it will be enough to cross that finish line with a final glorious sprint. Other times, it's enough that he gets us across the line. And he will. Now, I hope that in the time we've spent looking at these passages together, considering what God has to say to us from them, that you've found something which will help you as you run with him and run to him. As I reach the end of, of this section of my run, of my time here, I'd like to just briefly summarize some of what I've said, some of what we've seen looking at these events in Matthew's gospel about dealing with trials and temptations, whether at the start of the run, at the end, or the obstacles we met on the way. Trust in the word of God. You need to know it and you need to be ready to rely on it, both as it is written and in the form of Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. Put obstacles behind you so that you can run on. Even those things you value, if they become obstacles, if they become stumbling blocks, get them behind you and run on. And then tonight, press on to the end, seeking strength in prayer to God the Father, taking encouragement from the presence of God the Holy Spirit, and keeping your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ, God the Son. In this way, run your race that God has set out for you. That you finally, one day, can lay claim to the prize of eternal life in Jesus Christ, now and forever.
Amen. Let's briefly bow our heads. Lord God, we give you thanks for this word and we pray that you would help us to take it to heart. We pray that you would help us to seek your strength and your will, to draw encouragement from the Holy Spirit, to follow keeping our eyes on Jesus, wherever the route takes us, wherever your run takes us, whatever stage we're at. And we pray, Lord, for those who might be listening to this who aren't on that path yet, who haven't taken that first stage yet. Lord, may they hear tonight your word and may it challenge them and may they get no peace until they find the peace that comes from you. And may they join us on that run and may we rejoice at having them with us as heaven rejoices whenever another is saved. Oh, Lord God, just hear us tonight, we pray. Hear our prayers. Fill us with an awareness of your greatness and your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like